0: a lot of people are gonna do for the New Year's. They do like a six week challenge, a three week detox. They get through it, they drop some weight and then they gain it right back, right? So this is kind of my answer to how do we sustain this? Well, it's by looking at energy rather than looking at weight loss.
1: If you enjoy this podcast, visit femalebiohacker.com and be part of a special community of women looking to optimize their mind, body, and spirit. If you're tired of sifting through countless websites and books to find the answers to your questions about nutrition, fitness, hormones, mindset, spirituality, and biohacking, the search is over. I've done the research for you, and every week we go live with in-depth masterclasses, Q&A calls, and monthly challenges to help you transform your life. And when you join the collective, you'll have access to a wealth of information, including deep dive masterclasses and biohacking toolkits on our members' favorites, like metabolic flexibility, gut health, stress, and resiliency, and stepping into your most empowered self. Get access and be coached by me and my team and level up your health, career and life all for less than a dollar a day. Go to femalebiohacker.com or click the link below to get started and I'll see you on the inside. Okay, so if you've got through January and you still have some body composition goals, then listen in because I'm chatting to Nate Palmer who is the host of the Low Carb Hustle podcast. And he spends his time helping entrepreneurs and busy parents get into the best shape of their lives using simple training and nutrition frameworks without tracking a single calorie. And we talk about lots of different biohacks you can use to really boost your metabolism in this episode. We also chat about how we've both been using CGMs, so continuous glucose monitors, and the Lumen device, which helps measure your respiratory ratio to tell you whether you're burning carbs or fats Predominantly, or a combination of both, and that can really help you manage your metabolism and really get it into better shape and create what's known as metabolic flexibility, which is really where you want to be, where you burn carbs and fats. On demand, So we talk about both of those and the insights that we've gathered and actually some new things that we're going to be tracking in relation to those. If you're interested in getting a CGM or the Lumen device, you can find uh, discount codes below this podcast with links to those. Um this episode is actually part one because today we're talking all about metabolism and including things like morning routines as well and how to create an efficient morning routine. Uh, and then over on Nate's podcast, The Low Carb Hustle, will be part two next week where I'll be sharing my biohack specifically for women and optimizing metabolism for women and also syncing with your hormones using my bio-syncing method. So you can check that out over on Nate's podcast. But for today, let's now dive into how you can really create metabolic flexibility. So Nate, it is so great to have you on the show today. I've been really excited about this episode. I think it's perfect for January. We're going to be talking a lot about how to optimize energy. Um, and a side effect of that, as you, we were chatting offline there, is that people actually get body composition results. Uh, so it's kind of perfect for this time of year. First of all, a very warm welcome to the show.
0: Thanks. It's so glad. I'm so glad to be here. This is going to be such a fun episode.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So tell me, let's kick off with energy, right? Because I think this is time year, certainly in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, you're in North America, I'm in the UK, there's not much light, uh, people can feel kind of really energy depleted. And I know that you've done a huge amount of work in relation to how what we eat impacts our energy and specifically the timing of what we're eating. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you a little bit about where kind of where I was coming from, because I'm a, I'm big into training. I've always loved that sort of thing. And the reason I got into training in the first place was, I think a lot of us can relate to like, you know, not really feeling good in our bodies and being a little insecure. Uh, I was in high school one time and some girl told me that, uh, that her arms were bigger than mine. And that's when I was like, I have to start training right away because my self-esteem is at an all-time low. So I started doing all the diets, all the workouts, CrossFit, Orange Theory, everything. And nothing seemed to really work. I was always kind of skinny fat. And so I like I was obsessed with this so much to this point where I got a job as a personal trainer and a gym. And I was like, I'm gonna figure this out eventually. So I was writing a blog, doing all these things, working in a gym and a magazine that approached me. And there's like, hey, can you write an article for us about how do you eat for all day energy? And I was like, well, that's interesting because most people want to talk about building muscle or burning fat. So I was like that. Okay, fun, whatever. And they're like, we're going to pay you in exposure. And I was like, that sounds great. So I went and did all this research about like blood sugar levels and hormonal adaptations and circadian rhythms and all these things that were just kind of outside of my normal sphere of what I was kind of into. And I wrote this article and it did really well for this, for the magazine breaking muscle. And I, so I started eating this way and I was like, cause I wanted energy, right? Who doesn't want energy? And the, the results were super, super surprising to me because it wasn't just like I was had amazing energy all day, but my body started finally doing what I wanted it to do. It was a lot easier for me to drop fat. I felt like I gained muscle easier. I was sleeping better. Like kind of everything just sort of like fell into line. And then the coolest part was that I stopped really worrying about what I was eating because I wasn't necessarily on a diet. I wasn't tracking my macros. I was just using this framework. So basically what it came down to for me was how do we put in, how do we keep ourselves from burning, like getting super low energy, sluggish, lethargic during the day. And what it seemed to be for for me was what I call the Chipotle burrito syndrome. I don't know if you ever had Chipotle burrito at lunch, like just like a big takeaway, takeaway monstrosity and you eat it. And then you like, oh, oh I well, it's land really like desk. heavy
1: on the carbs and fat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like it's oh got my the tortillas, the me rice, to the beans. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you eat it. And then you're like, well, I do have a standing desk, so I could lay underneath it and fall asleep. It's an option for me. <laughs> so like what it turned out to be was that the more that you're spending time digesting, especially digesting carbs, that you're doing is you're spiking your blood sugar, then you're dropping it. And then so people will go through this cycle all day. And I think that the modern fitness industry perpetuates this myth of like you got to eat six meals per day, small meals, you got to have chicken and tilapia and broccoli and rice and that's like that's that's eating clean, right? Mm-hmm. But when reality, when you're pulling blood from your brain from your extremities into your gut for digestion, you can never be operating at maximum efficiency. You're never going to have all 100% of your cognition and so what I found with this method is that not only are you getting better energy, but you're also getting better short term to long term memory retention, you get better hand eye coordination, you get better cog- like mental cognition and acuity, you have the ability to be focused longer on that, like the deep work and the tasks that are really important to you. And I know that as a former lawyer, you, you understand like the benefits of being able to be like head down in your work, and being really focused on that sort of thing. So yeah, it just like it sort of all came together, because when we were focusing on how to work with our body instead of against it. All of a sudden I wasn't white knuckling and having clients like stressing all the time about macros and tracking and these things that were just kind of a pain for them and just seemed to work a lot easier.
1: Yeah, and that's massive what you were saying there. I mean, that ability to focus, that's really like for me, I love I mean, anyone that watches my Instagram, they know I love going to the gym. And yes, the body composition results are great. And that feeling of just being really fit. But for me, it is the mental health, the energy, just that morning routine. And it's huge what you're saying there, because I'm always looking at how can I get more productivity during the day? And the other thing I found is I'm such an early morning person that I don't want to trash like the rest of the day at lunchtime, if you see what I mean. Because I've got those peak hours, particularly with kids in school. Like three, four, then it kind of is family time. Do you know what I mean? So totally. I don't want to be like, I haven't got time to fall asleep on the sofa at two because i had this really big lunch and i lost some energy. And I'm the same as you. Keeping it light is great. Um, what we, in terms of the carbs, I want to dive into that a little bit more with you because you were talking when we were chatting about this concept of carb backloading. Can you explain for listeners how that works?
0: Yeah, essentially it's putting all of your carbohydrates at the end of the day. And now some people will use carb backloading as like putting all of your your carbs after training and kind of later in the day. But what I find is that all day long, we are burning off what's called glycogen. And so in our muscles, our muscle, like a pound of muscle, I don't know, a kilo of muscle can hold about, doing math here, I don't know how it works, 23 grams of carbohydrates. A pound can hold about 11.
1: We don't worry. We talk in pounds mostly here as well. Oh.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. Well,
1: that's we do called. both. We do both. We kind of like straddle the line with Europe in terms of kilos and pounds,
0: but you can talk in, in one stone of muscle I, I have no idea. Actually, that's, that's, that's too far. That's beyond me. But um, <laughs> in a pound of muscle, there's 11 grams of carbohydrates and then our livers can hold about 110, 120 grams of car- of, of glycogen. Okay. So which carb breaks carbs break down into? So all during the day, we are moving around, we're doing things, our brain uses glycogen as well for energy. So we burn through it. Then at the end of the day, if you're having a bigger meal, you have a client dinner, Thanksgiving, or you just like want to sit down and like break bread and not really stress too much about weighing every little chip or crispy you're you're having at dinner. That's like that's the best time to eat it because what you've done now is by letting your body burn through those during the day, you're now allowing it to replenish those muscle glycogen stores and your liver glycogen stores rather than having those already full and having your body be like, I guess we'll store those on your love handles. Mm -hmm. So you're optimizing for your body's natural storage and you're using that glycogen for energy rather than for fat stores. So it's by working kind of with your body's natural biorhythms, which I know is something that you talk about you can actually get better results. And you also don't have to like white knuckle and just like hold on to this, which, you know, like a lot of people are going to do for the new years. They do like a six week challenge, a three week detox. They get through it, they drop some weight and then they gain it right back, right? So this is kind of my answer to how do we sustain this? Well, it's by looking at energy rather than looking at weight loss.
1: Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And I think as well, I think people often, they underestimate the impact on thyroid function, right? When they're trying to go so low carb all of the time and they're not cycling in and out of ketosis. They're actually down regulating, as you say, their metabolism, their thyroid function, and it's putting a lot of stress. I guess my question would be what about when you've done a very glycogen depleting workout? So, for example, if you've done a super high intensity workout, would you then recommend that people incorporate? Because usually, like, particularly with women, so that we're not kind of increasing cortisol too much, that's when I would say come and refuel with protein and carbs post workout.
0: This is a great question. And so, like to your point, yes, you go to a HIT class, a boot camp, something really glycogen depleting. Yeah, you should probably incorporate some sort of fruit or something that's more of like a natural carbohydrate. That's going to be a good way to make sure that you're not necessarily down your down regulating your thyroid function, like you just like you said. However, my preference is that we really, especially women, especially in their 40s and beyond, and I, I'm curious what hear what you think about this. We avoid a lot of those high-intensity interval style trainings because to avoid spiking your cortisol to avoid increasing those stress levels and i think women incorporate, like associate it's workout equals boot camp you know and i think we need to start breaking that stigma because i think for a lot of a lot of women especially as we you know enter enter menopause and and are like getting a little bit older it becomes very important to work on those the weight training workouts for both hormonal function for bone density for like decreasing the risk of osteoporosis osteoarthritis. And just in general, making sure that you're going into your 40s and beyond with enough muscle to protect your body and to feel really good. So my preference is always pushing women, especially, away from those high-intensity interval style t- workouts, like e- any more than like once per week is kind of is too much for me. Mm. Yeah, I'm very
1: similar to you. Yeah. And I think the trap that I usually refer to that I think a lot of women fall into is not actually creating enough polarity, right? So they're not actually doing really high intensity workouts, what they're doing is a lot of vigorous exercise, which is kind of a little bit in the gray zone where you're not necessarily getting those adaptations, but you are raising cortisol quite significantly. And then when they're not getting results, they're like layering on another one. So now it's like, I'll go and do that class. And then I'll follow it with a class straight afterwards. And it's like, if you were working that hard, you could never sustain that for two hours. Like it's just not possible.
0: And then, but like, then you're spending all this time jumping and doing a lot of plyos, which, which a lot of those boot camps incorporate, because like, how do we get, how do we get someone to feel like they got a workout? We get them tired and we get them sweaty. Right both of which are not necessarily indicators of a great workout, but they make us feel good or feel like we at least got it in. So, you know, plyos are a really easy way to get a group tired. You know, that's why I'll never have a client do a burpee. I hate burpees. I think they're a useless exercise done by trainers who look around and go, uh, I guess we'll do a burpees, you know? It doesn't necessarily, it's not something that's gonna be effective long-term. It's hard to progress. And most people don't even have the requisite mobility to like get up and down on the ground. So thanks for coming to my TED Talk about burpees, but
1: we'll link to that in the show notes <laughs> um yeah i mean i think i think as you say hip has its place but not as often as people are saying i actually personally like to do it in the kind of follicular space for women that are still cycling so i think it works really well to fit in a h- couple of hip workouts in there to push your VO two max a bit but for the most part i completely agree i think weight training is something where women in particular really need to focus. And I think a bit of plier to help with bone density, but not as much as people think. Even like a 10-minute finisher is kind of very, very effective at the end.
0: Love a finisher, love like interval finisher, or even like a 25-minute class. I think that's great. But these like like three or four 60-minute boot camp classes, I think are doing more harm than good.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, so what have you found in terms of then how would you how would you refuel post-strength training? Um, In terms of if someone's gone and done, say, 45, 50 minutes in the gym, they've been working their muscles, they've not really done a lot of cardio. How have you found the best way to kind of increase recovery and energy?
0: Well, what I've what I've always thought was that you have like an hour, 60 minute window after your workout that if you don't drink a protein shake, all of your gains are going to shrivel up and die. But what I've started to like understand is looked at some of the research, it's basically like if you have protein in your system, if you've already had a, a big meal, you had a protein shake within four hours of that workout, you're not going to need something immediate to replenish that because for the, for most of us, like a strength training workout, an effective one, you're getting maybe six or seven top end sets, or you should be, and you're not necessarily going to be burnt out or like dead tired, especially if you haven't done a lot of cardio or finisher or a, like a cycling class. So for for most people if you need something having like a protein shake having some like greek yogurt with some berries in it something like that that's like that's light that's going to give your body the the protein the amino acids that's going to help it is great but if you've already eaten within like 3 like 4 hours before and you had a, like a high protein meal or if you're going to be eating like a bigger meal within another 2 to 4 hours i don't think you really need to stress too much about it if you're finding that you're like your blood sugar's low and you're like dizzy and stuff like that, I would look first at electrolytes and making sure that your body, your you're well hydrated and you have enough electrolytes. And then, if you're still like ah, that's that's not working, I don't feel good, I'm lightheaded, then let's make sure we're adding in some some sort of protein and then a piece of fruit as well.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we were talking offline as well. Interestingly, both of us have been like experimenting, and we're big on tracking. We both wear the Aura. We've played around with Lumen. Uh, I know like a lot of people listening to the podcast actually use the Lumen. And I think people struggle with hitting those ones and twos in terms of fat burning. And uh, I'm curious, I think it'd be great to expand a bit more on what you found, because both of us were chatting about the fact that we'd found eating earlier made a huge difference to that morning reading. Um, and, And then Lumen, interestingly, actually talk about front loading the carbs in the beginning of the day but that could be to take account of the fact that people have very distinct eating times they don't know how much they're exercising for example um, what have you found from tracking and working with clients in relation to that
0: the three biggest factors that i found that it, like in, at least like improve my lumen scores and i i'm still like a little bit nebulous on like how how effective is it to track the carbon dioxide in your breath after you after you um like wake up because i don't i like i don't know if you ever tried the wim hof breathing methods. Mm-hmm. But I feel like after I do a Wim Hof breathing session, I, I breathe out more carbon dioxide. And so even within that, like that, you know, a 30 minute window, I will see a different result. My, will, my score will drop almost a full notch after a breathing session. After a breath It will work drop session.
1: as in you'll be burning more From like more carbs. a three to a two. Yes, from a three to a two. So you'll go more into fat burning?
0: Mm-hmm. Because so this, you know what's
1: interesting I found with the CGM is that after doing a breathwork session like that, my blood glucose would increase
0: interesting i've not i'm not, so I'm not then i would expect lumen
1: to mirror in i need to try it more where i've used both but you would then expect lumen to mirror if you've got good insulin sensitivity that actually that's then being burnt in the cells right that's carbs
0: all right well we have to we have to go back and test this then
1: we have to go back and test and then do another yeah. episode <laughs> yeah. on our lumen findings
0: so like but like that's kind of it was like i uh, should i should i be shifting that much but like what well, you said like the, C, if the cgm is actually measuring a uh like a spike in blood sugar then Maybe it's picking up the right stuff. So I was, I was just curious. I actually I have don't have a CGM, but I use a like a I'll use a blood sugar, just like a little pinprick okay. thing. Um so the, the three things that I've that I've found that have decreased my scores to make it me more into the fat burning zone was number one is eating earlier in the night. If I was eating after seven o'clock, especially if it was like eight o'clock or nine o'clock, you know, i just like, you know, had a bowl of cereal or whatever. I'd always wake up another three or four, which is like, for those of you don't know, it's like higher in the carb burning. So the scale is from a one to a five, five is all carbs. One is all fats. And then the middle is, you know, decreasing. So if I have my, if I finish my last meal of the day before seven o'clock and I don't eat after that, I would always wake up on a one or two. That seemed like it was a, like just the biggest indicator. The second thing was dehydration. If I was waking up dehydrated, or if I wasn't getting enough water during the day, I was waking up in a higher number than I thought I should be at based off of how I had eaten the previous day. Or, you know, especially if I was like, I didn't eat dessert. I didn't have a really high carb dinner. Like, why am I still a little higher there? Well, it's like, I didn't drink enough water that day.
1: That's interesting. That yeah. one I hadn't observed so much. I had in terms of like waking up, morning stress. We could talk about that in a minute. But mm, interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. I I have not. I don't really track my stress, and I haven't really put that together. So I'm. I, I'd be curious. <laughs> We've got a lot of more episodes on deck here. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and then the last one for me was sleep quality. Is just making sure I was getting yeah, enough yeah. sleep. If I if I was getting like five hours or thereabouts i would always wake up in higher carb burn yeah if i was getting seven to eight ish i would wake up in lower is is the what i saw kind of as the like kind of averages
1: yeah sleep sleep made a, sleep makes a big difference i found that too the hydration is super interesting to me um with what i found with the kind of stress is obviously you get that morning cortisol awakening response but if i had a lot of anticipatory stress across the day then i would get um a higher lumen reading i found this actually with members in my in my membership the female biohacker collective and actually we were then testing well if people are doing a short breath work session as in gentle breathing so not something so stimulatory or doing something like a meditation and then waiting like 20 minutes to do it they would actually score more on the fat burning uh, scale interesting interesting. and then i followed that up with lumen because at first they weren't finding that and then what they found later when we went back to it about five or six months later it was like actually yeah we are now seeing that in the data that when people have commented that they've yeah that they've done something that's calming and introduces that more parasympathetic state
0: so the female biohacker collective is number one it's the coolest name i've ever heard (laughs) uh number two can you tell me a little bit more about the uh the the parasympathetic breathing exercises that you're doing? Like what's like, are you doing a count? Are you doing like all nasal breathing? How does that work for you?
1: Yeah, so basically anything that's really enhancing GABA and engaging that vagus nerve. So rather than doing, you know, you you know, from your breath work, right? That like Wim Hof style, the more you're focusing on the in-breath and creating uh, kind of more energy around that, you're stimulating the nervous system. Whereas when you're focusing on that long exhalation, you're introducing, you're sort of accessing the parasympathetic state that much more. Whereas box breathing is kind of keeping you sort of where you are, right? Almost. And just heightening that focus. Whereas when you start to lengthen the exhale, then you get more GABA. So things like four, seven, eight breathing, really effective mm. way. But even looking at your sort of resonant frequency, which if people don't know where it is, uh, then just looking at doing kind of an in-breath of four and then out for six really starts to kind of calm people down and then they, they've seen better breathing. So anyone listening to this can can give it a go and give us feedback.
0: Yeah. So four, seven, eight, the seven being a hold in the middle.
1: Seven is the hold in the middle. Now what I found with the four, seven, eight breathing, although there's really good science behind that introducing, you know, enhancing things like GABA is in someone who's highly stressed, they're going to find that quite difficult to do four, seven, eight breathing straight off the bat. And so what I find is doing the two X breath where you're kind of just following in for two out for two in for three out for three, and just regulating that breathing first before you move in. And for some people, they're going to take longer to get that breath hold anyway. So they might hold for a shorter period, but it's the long exhalation. And you don't, if, if you're not ready and you haven't primed for, you know, you haven't been doing a lot of breath work. And after that eight out breath, then you're like, <laughs> like <this. laughs> you're definitely not mm-hmm. enhancing GABA, right? It's quite stressful. So yeah. I always say to people like <laughs> build up, <laughs> we want you calm and relaxed.
0: Yeah. Like I'm trying to get, I'm trying to de-stress, but I feel like I'm drowning all the time. Yeah, so. Exactly.
1: I feel like you're suffocating me. This is just not working. And now my lumen's in five. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it that's not working for
0: me. Yeah, oh, that's exactly.
1: If you're in a rush in the morning like me, but you need some high quality nutrition and protein post-workout, maybe you'll grab and go on the school run, much like my days. Then here is a little smoothie you can whiz up super quickly that gives you high quality nutrition. I generally mix a couple of scoops of protein powder with one uh, scoop of creatine for the neurological and muscle boosting benefits. And then I add in tons of ice with my AG1 and kind of blend and go. AG1 is made with 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients. And so I know that I'm getting the high quality nutrition in alongside the protein in the morning to boost my mood, my immune system and give me sustained energy throughout the day. And if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start because Athletic Greens is giving away a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you need to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Angela Foster. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash Angela Foster and check it out. So on your, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is, uh, in terms of your framework is your daily investments that you speak of. What are those? What daily investments should we be making?
0: So I like to talk about things in like I, a lot of my clients own businesses, they're entrepreneurs, you know, have a side hustle at least. So I love putting things in a terms of financial like success, because I think that's where a lot of people's head is at anyways. So. When I think about daily investments, I think about like what what little things are you putting money in your piggy bank over and over and over again where you're suddenly going to like crack that bad boy open and be like wow look at like look at all the work I've put in look at what I've done. So that's how I like that's how I like to frame some of these good behaviors or you know what some people will call like habits or disciplines or whatever else. So for me the daily investments are number 1 is have a great AM routine and I have I've experimented with a lot of different routines, from Hal Elrod's Savers to Craig Valentine's Perfect Day formula, and I found that like for a lot of people who have, especially like little kids at home. So like once the kids wake up, you're not doing 60 minutes of journaling, making a uh, like a smoothie with rare ingredients from like the Peruvian Andes, and then like spending <laughs> 90 minutes in like a red light sauna meditation session. That's just not happening for most of us. So I was like, what can we do to condense this down to the like the minimum effective dose? And the the two things for me that have like that have been great is number one, 60 seconds of explosive exercise. So jumping jacks, shadow boxing, squat jumps, push-ups, something like that, where you're just like getting the blood moving right away, first thing in the morning, and then having 32 ounces of water. And you know, I love to include some sort of meditation, some breath work in there, but I also feel like, you know, that's one more level that people can add on if they if they're up for it. But if they're not up for it, then you know, like let's do just the basics. Just have some morning routine. Because I think another thing that it's important in the morning is Decreasing decision fatigue, making sure that when you wake up, you know you go into the shower, you brush your teeth, you drink your water, you do your jumping jacks. That's your morning routine. You don't. There's no question, right? I have nine shirts that look exactly like this because I don't like to wake up and be like, "What should I wear today?" It's a black shirt. It's going to be a black shirt for me, and I don't have to think about it. I I like. I feel like Steve Jobs, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. You know, they have plenty of money, but uh, they always wore the same stuff. You know, just kind of decrease the amount of thought they had to put into those non-consequential decisions early in the morning
1: to minimize the decision fatigue can I just say I'm a little bit jealous because I think for men that that one step's a little bit easier so I tried this and I was just like yeah it's not so I but I think for women listening a capsule wardrobe is definitely the way to go so you don't need hundreds and hundreds of clothes which does then introduce decision fatigue I think if you can find different outfits that then work together and quite simple and also to plan it potentially the night before. However, there are days, honestly, as a woman, I can tell you, you look in the mirror and you go, that just isn't working today. And you don't know that until the morning.
0: (laughs) I I, I think that like, yeah, if you do have, if you, if you dress nicer than I do, which is, you know, hopefully most of us, um, laying out your clothes ahead of time is a great way to do that. But, and by the way, I bet you get a lot more compliments on your outfits than I do. So.
1: I don't know. I, I, but I, I like the black t-shirt. I think you look great.
0: And thank you cap. so much for those I of you listening for compliments he looks great. Huh? but I kind of was I was kind of fishing for compliments there so <laughs> oh this old thing oh this old thing
1: my brand new black t-shirt with my nice baseball cap
0: <laughs> I just I just I, I can't tell what out. your cap
1: is but I got really told off once when I was in America I had a New York Yankees cap on when I was in Los Angeles and someone tried to pick a fight with me <laughs> I was not prepared for that <laughs> this that's is in so the grocery store.
0: That's interesting. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like as lo- if you're not wearing a uh, like the "Make America Great Again" hat, like there's no one's going to pick a fight with you. But I guess I, I guess I was wrong. So um, that's hat. that's really funny though. Uh, so okay, so second daily investment though is yeah. breakfast. Uh, pretty easy there. Basically, just having a high protein, high fat breakfast. Then for lunch, what we're would be an example
1: p- of that? Tell it. Give us a go to for protein and fat.
0: Easy one is just having a protein shake with like two scoops of protein powder and like two tablespoons of a peanut butter or almond butter. Super easy, Yummy. pretty nutrient dense. I consider protein more of like a whole food than a supplement, it's just like a powdered food. Um, but, or you can go with like eggs, eggs and sausage, eggs and meat, something like that. Um, And then another one that I've been really enjoying recently is I'll just add MCT oil, medium chain triglycerides and collagen to my coffee. And I'll have two cups like that. And then I won't eat again until like 1130. Then I'll eat again at like 530 and I'll have great energy all day long. And I'm not stressed about what I'm eating all the time. It's just, and then with that protocol, because I I don't really have like a ton of fitness goals that I'm focusing on the moment. I just love like biohacking my energy and seeing how I see how I can make myself feel better and perform better on a daily basis what i found with that when i was having the coffee like basically a shake in the middle of the day and then like a big dinner i could not keep weight on i kept losing weight i had to add in dessert in order to like stay to keep my weight so i I had a couple clients try it too and and it's been pretty successful if you're if you is just
1: basically just having coffee with mct oil all day
0: no coffee with mct oil and collagen peptides until about 11 30
1: oh okay lunch
0: lunch was like a protein shake so like a okay. 500 600 calorie protein shake and then dinner I, would, I didn't really count calories on it but i would generally do kind of the same thing with a with the dinner investment which is high carb high protein vegetables for dinner
1: okay okay
0: and then the high other investment as well
1: what yeah, kind of carbs so, would you have at dinner
0: i'm a big fan of rice and potatoes those are my two go-to's all the time obviously i I eat, I eat a ton of tacos i don't know if you follow me on instagram but i eat a lot of tacos so tortillas make the rounds um quinoa, occasionally couscous, I'll do like a Greek, Greek salad or something like that. But I eat, like primarily rice and potatoes are my, my go-tos. Okay. Okay. Cool. Then the other investments are going to be, um, write down your three critical tasks for the day, either the, do that the night before or the, or the morning of. So that way you're, again, you're decreasing decision fatigue. You know exactly what the, like how to score your day. Did I accomplish these things or did I not, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like some people it's five things, some people it's one thing, but like if your goal for the new year is to get in the best shape of your life, then hopefully you have the gym or some sort of physical exercise on there, you know, as one of your things. Maybe it's pick your kids up. You know, I've forgotten that once or twice. Not a great day. (laughs) You know, maybe it's meal prep, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's get on the podcast. Maybe it's prep a thing. Maybe it's prepare a, like a, uh, like an invoice for a client, something like that. Whatever that is for you. That way, you know how to score your day and you don't have to feel like, what am I doing next? What's like, what's the thing? Cause that, I think that is a place where we start losing energy. Definitely. So Having the, like the direction is just a great way to keep momentum moving forward. Then drink a gallon of water per day. I live in Arizona. So you are talking about it being oh, like goodness. cold and cold and rainy. It's like, wait, hold on. Let me think. You like, like saying 32 right
1: ounces earlier as well. I was like, how much is
0: that? Oh yeah. It's a quart. I'm
1: tapping here. If the you can hear me tapping, it's good. Let me see. Uh, I don't know. Anyway,
0: carry on. It's about a liter, right? I think.
1: Yeah. It's just a uh, yeah. It's about a liter. Yeah. So
0: basically have having four liters per day. So, yeah. and then that 32 ounces will count. So I try, I try to get three liters in before, before like four o'clock, that way I'm not up all night peeing. And by the way, yeah. electrolytes will help with that too. If you, if you feel yeah, like you're say. always peeing all day, making sure that you're having like at least some sodium, magnesium, potassium, in whatever you're eating. I use the element packets for that. I like element. Yeah. And then the last one was, is just train 20 minutes, 20 minutes minimum per day, whether that's going for a walk, getting on a rower or a stair climber hitting your workout whatever that looks like getting a minimum of 20 minutes of movement every single day because it's so important. so those are the seven things that I like that I would want to see people to do daily that I think can result in great success without having to like track every calorie or like again focus on like really just like I how do I I'm gonna get it done I'm doing 75 hard 45 minute workouts twice a day you know like I don't think that's necessary for for progress progression. But I think that like having something where you can check these boxes and be like, I got it. Because mm-hmm. now what I do is I I have like, I have a score sheet, score sheet on this. So Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday, here's my seven things. Did I How many did I get on Monday through Sunday? And then one other thing that I like to include is a weekly investment of a 24 hour fast. So this is especially important if, if uh, like fat loss is the goal. So now you have a score of 50. So every week, how did you do out of 50? And you can really easily tell like, did I get 45 or above? That's an A. Good job. If, am I consistently hitting 22? Well, that's why you're not getting results. Because I think a lot of times people are like, "Oh, I'm, it's not working. Something's not working." And you're like, "Well, how are you doing?" They're like, oh, "I don't know. I didn't really do. Didn't really yeah, track." I didn't track it. But I'm a big fan a very, of
1: this actually. Yeah, it's a, my it's just my concrete program. way. You have a performance tracker on a on a spreadsheet, and then you just write in the things you want to track. And across the month, as you tick the boxes, it'll give you your compliance percentage calculated automatically. So you can go back and go, this is how compliant I was this month. It's super easy. I'm a big fan of that. I think it makes a big difference. And even consciously tracking it, you are more likely to to engage with it.
0: Totally. And if it's like, especially if it's like sitting right here for you, you know, so I'll send out a postcard to people like three or four weeks into the program just be like, hey, just a reminder, here's what we're looking for. And I guess like the postcard where they can actually check the box, put it up somewhere so they can see it. But like yeah, you know, what gets measured gets managed, you know. So, I think that yeah, I think sure. it's so wise. And I I didn't know I love what you said earlier about that you have a like you have a, your podcast is sticky, your program is sticky, and I think that having like deliberate performance like tracker in there is one thing that can really help increase compliance and and long term people staying around and getting results.
1: Yeah. I think that's super important. I think, as you say, you cannot change what you're not measuring. How do you know? You don't know where to start. Right. Whereas if you're measuring it, you're like, Oh yeah, actually. Okay. It's so even when you do questionnaires, right. Where You ask somebody how's your gut health?" and they go, yeah, it's good. I think it's fine. Okay. Absolutely. How often do you experience bloating? How often do you experience low energy? How do you, Oh shit. <laughs> that's actually most days and you start fine. to figure it out. Yeah. Actually, maybe it's not so fine as I thought. Um, Okay, last, last question then, uh, before we talk about where people can find you and uh, connect with you and learn more about your work. January, sugar detox. I know it's something you're a fan of. What, what, what's your views here on detoxification? Because uh, obviously there's daily detoxing that we need to make sure we're doing adequately. And then, you know, kind of where do you fall within the spectrum of what kind of detoxes people should be doing periodically?
0: Well, I think it's the more, the more expensive, the better. The more hardcore, you know. So if you can do like just a soup detox, or like a yak blood detox, I'm just kidding. No, I, yak um, blood. <laughs> I, I did that podcast. A no one's listening like, anymore now. You yeah, everyone's like that. gone. I, hopefully, they're like, wait, what he's just saying? That they're back, you know? But I did. I did a, a podcast like oh, kind of the like the new like the uh, the week after Christmas because that's just a weird time. No one's really listening to like to like they're trying to get their well, fitness between stuff Christmas right and now.
1: New Year. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So I did it's all on celebrity health myths. Right. So like some people were like, well, yeah, we use leeches, you know? And like, oh yeah, this, I, Gwyneth Powder was like, you need to put a jade egg in your vagina if you want to have good vaginal health. It's like, that's okay. Yeah. All right. So just like, and um, someone else did a uh, goat's milk detox. And at first I was like, you detox from goat's milk? Good for you. I, I'm actually on one of those myself, but it turns out all she ate for eight days was goat's milk. So that's- <laughs> Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Um, So my view on detoxing is that your body's amazing at this. It can do it all on its own. Give yourself some water, give yourself some space so your body can go into the process called autophagy, which is basically just a fasted state or ketosis, and your body will start pulling out broken down cells. It'll start repairing those sorts of things, especially if you've been eating healthy foods to give yourself the nutrients and minerals that you need. Um, so my, the sugar detox that I promote, people are always like, do I need, what do I need to buy? Do I need to like get a cleanse? Do I need to do these sorts of things? Do I need a coffee enema? I'm like, no, cause my, my detox is like this. So in the morning you wake up, you have some water with some lemon, some apple cider vinegar. It's really hardcore day two. I do what's called a physical detox. And I, I make people go for a walk for 10 minutes after each meal. <laughs> so it's based off the Ayurvedic principles of like, they call a hundred steps and they, they have a word for it that I can't pronounce but basically it helps you with your digestion. It's just going for a little bit of walk after each meal. So helping people do that. Obviously I'm having them get off processed sugars and refined sugars at the same time. Then day three, I have them do what I call my healing salad. This is something my wife and I came up with while we were traveling in South America and often would end up with really poor gut health after eating like street meat and, and just a cheap beer for like nine days in a row.
1: Funny that.
0: <laughs> it's so weird. I, couldn't, I don't know how it
1: happened. <laughs> so, I had a similar thing in Turkey. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, it's so not I'll,
1: pretty.
0: I'll send you the recipe.
1: <laughs> Thank you. But it was
0: basically anyway, it was just stuff you could get Yagol. at any market. Your salad. Yeah. So it's like tomatoes, cucumbers, uh lemon, onion, and something else on there. Something else that you're only gonna find out, not because I forgot, but because it's a secret and it's in the sugar detox. Five huh? sugar detox.com or free freesugardetox.com. Sorry. And then the fourth day is a fast. It's a 24 hour fast. So the goal is to give your body plenty of nutrients leading up to the 24 hour fast. And then I, I really find that if you're eliminating processed and refined sugars, and then you take 24 hours off from eating completely, and you're just having water to your black coffee, your body stops having those cravings, right? Because if you're always feeding yourself sugar, you're always going to be craving more sugar because that gut bacteria is going to send that signal to your brain. It's like, Hey, should we get that donut? You're like, yeah, let's have, let's have at least half true. that donut. You know, it's so, so and then the like day five is basically going back to do day three, having the salad and that sort of thing. And what I find is that it it really helps eliminate a lot of those cravings that people have. So it's not necessarily like this complicated process where you have to take, you know, $70 worth of rare ingredients and, you know, and only eat soup, but it's just like, it just makes it easier for people to eliminate some of those cravings, detoxify their body a little bit. It gives you a, re- a reason to drink a bunch of water.
1: And how many times a year do you recommend people do it?
0: I mean, at, use as needed. It's not like, it's not a huge deviation from the norm. So if you did it on a, like on a monthly basis, there's not nothing bad is going to happen from that. I really recommend people do a 24 hour fast once a week, especially if fat loss is a goal. So you can easily incorporate that because really the only other things are water with lemon and apple cider vinegar, and then eating more vegetables. So it's, it's pretty innocuous, pretty healthy. Yeah. yeah. Don't tell anyone though, because I, I feel like if I just build it up and it's like, oh, it's this really amazing thing. I learned it from a shaman and um, yeah, <laughs> you're not going to believe it. So you have to go to get the, get the course.
1: The shaman salad.
0: The shaman salad. The shaman I <laughs> salad. The name. I should have hit <laughs> yeah. you up for this branding stuff
1: beforehand. <laughs> I've got to have that now. I need to find the secret ingredient.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's really secret. You're going to, yeah, you're going to lose your mind. i going to dig it. I know. <laughs>
1: Oh, amazing! It's been such fun chatting to you. Uh, we're gonna have to do a rerun, aren't we? After we track off our our lumen yeah. and our CGMs and things and see. We got a lot of homework That's after fun. this
0: episode, which I appreciate. Yeah,
1: yeah, we do, we do. Which is fun, right? <laughs> Most people don't like homework. I like this type of homework.
0: I love the thirty day challenges. So, like, right, like I did a thirty day keto challenge for my podcast and did my blood work and stuff like that beforehand. I did a thirty days where I did uh, a high dose melatonin, worked up to sixty milligrams of melatonin every single night for thirty days. Just track my sleep with that. Uh, deeper sleep. Like I was getting two and a half to three hours of deep sleep every single night. Um, I was also nervous about it because I've, I've heard that like, you can get, you can get a little physically addicted to it. So Mm. I cycled up and then I cycled back down. Um, But with the cool, like the crazy thing was I didn't do it because of the sleep. I did it because that there was this couple studies that came out about um, lab rats getting these higher dose melatonins, like in accordance with their body weight and seeing a decrease in visceral fat. And I did notice, like, I don't have a ton of visceral fat to, to study out, like, but I did notice like a fifty percent reduction in my visceral fat over the course of thirty days.
1: Did you? Which is that's interesting. You know, which,
0: which is about three quarters of a pound. So, like, you know, not nothing. Like, it wasn't substantial, but I it, I do think it. It like it brokers further interest.
1: Interesting, because I also right now, saw doing, that melatonin was linked to. Um, sorry, to interrupt. There was, is linked to as well. You know, people who suffer with gastric uh, reflux. Uh, mm-hmm. And that kind of sphincter muscle opening, actually, melatonin is helpful for keeping that closed, so you get less kind of regurgitation, less less reflux symptoms. And actually, what you notice is when people have poor night sleep, they are more likely to get a bit of gastric distress and indigestion. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's. I wonder. I wonder which side of that is correlated, because like obviously, also with the deeper sleep, the more you're sleeping, the better your body's burning fat. So like, is it the melatonin? Is it the sleep? I, I'm not sure i don't know if i'm smart enough to figure that out but
1: i think the melatonin I, helps with that muscle um
0: okay uh, yeah cool yeah so I, but i th- i love this like n1 experiments and i love running it for a couple days and that or 30 days and then like giving the results on the podcast so right now i'm doing a mouth taping experiment for 30 days at night and my wife takes pictures of me and i um
1: my husband's doing the mouth taping so.
0: oh is he how is it working mm,
1: he is what what's your reason for doing
0: it just to see, just to see like to see. what if my, like, I want to see if my respiratory rate goes down, um, my, mm-hmm. what happens with my resting heart rate, um, what happens with deep sleep and REM sleep. Um, and then just like, if I, like, if I'm waking up more times or less times during the night. So just want to see what impact it has on sleep and some of those variables.
1: He felt like within a few days, he was like, wow, I just feel I've got so much more energy, interestingly, because I said to him, I got him a few times on like you have to have any sleeping with your mouth open too much. Um, and, but the thing is, the thing with the mouth taping as well, is I think you really have to focus on it during the day as well and be cognizant of when you're mouth breathing so that you can then, you know, your subconscious gonna mirror that at night. So I, yeah, I think both
0: work well. That's a good point. I've been trying to, to work out with, without keeping my mouth open. Just, yeah, just that,
1: that's, that's fun. You know, when you do, um, like a zone two run and you try and mm-hmm. just nasally breathe throughout, I have to say that's like a form of meditation. You just come back. Like in the Zen zone. So it's completely different, I found, to the run where you go out and the endorphins are high. You still get some mood boosting effects, but just really, really calm and chilled, which uh, doesn't really happen very much with me because <laughs> I'm always quite hyper. So it's a good thing for me to do.
0: Yeah, you got to stay so focused on it. You can't let your attention wander because otherwise yeah. you're like, oh, or that's <laughs> mm, me at least. Yeah,
1: maybe that's why, because of the focus. Yeah, it's like really training that mindfulness muscle. It's very true. Uh, mm. Interesting. Yeah, so my husband's also doing the mouth taping. I'm doing a thing this year where I'm really focused on my biological age and reversing it, and also like optimizing my body composition, my blood work, and everything. So I'm doing a whole thing with uh, with uh, with the podcast and also on Instagram for people to follow what I'm doing. Which how
0: is are you like, tracking biological age?
1: So I'm using Glycan Age. Uh, yeah which is uh, a test where they look at your glycans and, uh, and see what your age is and then help you reverse it. So that's one thing I'm doing. Also really like focusing just on my blood work as a whole because, you know, like we were saying earlier, someone with PCOS, for me, blood sugar management is a little bit harder. I have to work harder. I find that annoying, particularly at Christmas, you know, when everyone has mm. the Christmas pudding and I just had to rip my, <laughs> I'm joking, rip my CGM off and go, no, I don't want to see it.
0: <laughs> Not looking um so, so are you are you incorporating any fasting or is that hard to do with pcos i don't really have any clients who no have
1: i can yeah i am doing uh fasting but fasting kind of for women of my age when i look at the research actually going too long not too often i think like doing uh like a 24-hour phase uh, fast in the follicular phase is okay but you don't want to be like over stressing the body in the luteal phase so i tend to optimize fasting around the menstrual cycle um but I think for most women, like a daily 12-hour fast works super well.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I, I've I've had a lot of like female clients. So I used to be a big intermittent fasting proponent. And I had female clients who were doing it and then hair loss, insomnia, skipping periods and stuff like that. And so it looks like we're well, just having that daily longer fast was really stressful in the body and female bodies are going to protect their reproductive mechanisms at all costs. At, like, you know, so. Making yes. sure that you're not necessarily putting yourself in an overstressed environment. I found that you can get about four weeks safely with the 16 hour fast, but I really recommend that most women try the 24 rather than 24 like prolonged fast infrequently rather than doing like a intermittent daily.
1: I would agree with that. And actually when I was doing the 16 hour fast daily, much as I loved it and I was like felt really lean. Uh, I did notice, I didn't notice, uh, much difference in my menstrual cycle, but I did notice things like hair, right. <laughs> Who needs to prioritize hair when there's not enough availability. So I didn't
0: notice. Right. That. Yeah. But I feel like the, what I was hair. talking about earlier with that, the coffee, the piece, like the MCT oil and the collagen, it's a small enough dose of nutrients that you're not necessarily in a fasted state anymore, but it also mimics a lot of the, like the, the things that you like and enjoy about it and fast where you have energy, you're eating really light. So, I would I mean, try that out. See what, see what you think. 30 days, maybe yeah, I
1: can try it. MCT. I just, I don't know what it is. I can't get on with it. I just really, I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, I just, don't. I tried it. I can do the collagen and the coffee for
0: sure. Okay. I what, what, what I about like MCT a, a struggle? Coconut oil.
1: Could do. I don't like the oiliness in my coffee. I don't heavy cream. Oil. Black heavy creams. Okay. Yeah, I could All do right. that. I've done that quite a
0: lot. I, I had a friend yeah, who was like, works. oh yeah, MCT. Oil, you got to do more of it though. You got to have like four or six tablespoons. And I was like, okay.
1: Disaster
0: that, pants. Yes. Did he? Oh yeah! I was like, I will see you guys in four hours. Oh my god. I was. I was like in training your house, at a gym. Right? I was tra- no, I was at a gym training, and one of my clients was like, "You got to do this," so I did, and I was like, "You're training now. I'll be gone."
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to make that mistake more than once.
0: Yeah. Anyone listening right now, you do not need more than one tablespoon of MCT oil. Thank me later.
1: Yes, you will. Thank
0: My you. loss is your gain.
1: Amazing. Do you have any last tips that you would like to share? Note, anything you want to leave listeners with? And also where can they find?
0: you? No, no more tips. I'm all out okay. of tips. Out I, of I tips. will say this though. Like I know it's uh, January and I know that a lot of people are starting or restarting a, a fitness journey. And I think a lot of times we have this idea of like, oh, I screwed up. I failed. I got to get back to it. I was eating. I was eating clean. Now I was eating dirty. Then I'm eating clean again. And I want to just kind of dispel that idea for a second and just give you the, like the encouragement that in your fitness, in your life, in your nutrition, it's not so much about the, it's about like the being hundred percent all in. It's about being 75 hours, it's about being keto. It's about not quitting. It's about being consistent, taking one step forward. And when you have those two steps back, just take one more step forward, because in this game, you cannot lose if you don't quit you can't lose if you don't quit. So trying to make sure that like, as you go through this, that you're not putting yourself in your, as perfection is the only attainable goal or losing 20 kilos is like the only win you're going to get. Look for those little wins along the way. Look for those times you ate three healthy meals in a row. Look for those times. you got seven days of eating really nutritious food in a row. You nailed your workouts all week long. You did a great job tracking. All those little wins are going to add up. And if you do not quit and you do not keep, you do not stop putting one foot in front of the other you are going to be successful whether that takes three months six months two years or six years
1: i love that amen to that that's such a great point to finish on and always be in the game right never be in the gap yeah dr benjamin hardy i love that book The gap in the game so powerful uh yeah and stay on track because that whole screw it i blew it mentality yeah it's it's dangerous and i don't
0: serve anyone either
1: yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. And, and as you a, say, if you keep mostly 80, 90% of the time, if you're getting back on track, uh, you're going to, you're going to get those results.
0: Plus like the, the, plus the screw it. I blew it mentality is, is, uh, can be objectively false, or at least objectively not as true as something else where you're saying, Hey, I, I learned something that didn't work for me. That's equally true as screw it. I blew it. And one of those serves you. And one of those does not serve you.
1: Very true. Watch that
0: mental, watch that mental talk, right?
1: Yeah. It all comes from there. Amazing. Well, where can people find, they can get your book, the million, the million dollar body method. It's Mm -hmm. available online. Please link. Where can they find this?
0: You can get that on Amazon. The audible version just went up too. So if you want to hear my friend, Jason Sircone's sweet sultry, sultry voice, talking you through it. Great. Um otherwise if you want to just grab an ebook or a PDF, I will send that to you. You just gotta to go to getnatesbook.com and I'll drop it into your inbox right away. So you can get the Kindle version, you can get the ebook, or if you want a hard copy or an audible version, that's all on Amazon.
1: Amazing. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show and being so generous with everything today. And um uh, year. Yeah.
0: Angela, this was a ton of fun. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's show and for your interest in health optimization for high performance. If you're new to my podcast, you may be interested to know that you can get a free health score and report complete with personalized recommendations on how to optimize your sleep, nutrition, fitness, and resilience in the top link in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Links to everything we talked about are also in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for more.